And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addis. Today in our show, we're going to talk about why a Trump prayer call. Attorney Costello ruins Manhattan DA's day, big time. Trump's arrest versus Biden's corruption. And where is the GOP? Marxist mission, eliminate free speech. And if we have time to get to it, Greta Thunberg, honorary theology doctorate. And I'm not kidding. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello and welcome again to America Can We Talk and today's First Five. I'm Debbie George Addis. Yesterday, there was kind of a momentous prayer call, and you don't usually use those two words in the same sentence, momentous and prayer, or momentous prayer call, but it was a prayer call put out by a, a um, pastor, uh, Oklahoma pastor, who also had, I happened to have interviewed him on the show, he ran for the United States Senate, uh, Pastor uh, Lawmeyer, and he put out, it was, it was, it was basically a pastor's uh, prayer call, but what he did, he set up a call uh, with various pastors. It was a live call. You could you could uh, join it. And, I mean, join by listening. And the entire purpose of the prayer call was to have this gentleman, Pastor Lamire, along with Clay Clark, who is a talk show host, a really prominent talk show host in Oklahoma, um, trying to talk with President Trump uh, on the night before he was, uh, today he's allegedly going to be arrested. Um, heaven knows if that's happened, but it hasn't happened as, a time the show, as of the time the show starting today. But the alleged arrest of Trump is, is being discussed. We're going to be talking about it a lot in the show today. Um, but what, whether he's arrested or not, what I want to say about the prayer call is what they managed to do in that amount of time, a very short notice, a notice goes out, people join in. And when they're joining uh, to watch this call, they are putting in the comment section what state they're from and whether they're pastors. And so these were people who were putting together a prayer call in support of President Trump uh, just prior to the day today when he's supposed to be arrested for the most ludicrous charge imaginable. And during this call, they managed to have literally 3,000 pastors around the country. I'm going to play in a moment just a little tiny clip of what was said uh, in this prayer call. But what I wanted to focus on in the first five is just to think about why these pastors would do this. You know, President Trump hasn't lived the life of a Puritan. He hasn't lived the life of the, um, you know, traditional um, person who might be considered a man of, of a cloth or something. You know, he's a New York billionaire. He's had the life. He's led the life he has. And he was our you know, 45th president and obviously running again and become a 47th. But the reason that so many pastors would jump on a call in support of President Trump, a prayer call, is, in my opinion, because these are people close enough to the um, commitment to their faith and close enough, watching close enough to recognize what today's left represents. There is in every Marxist agenda since time began, the Marxism requires the destruction of Christianity. Marxism requires the destruction of religion. It is why every socialist and certainly communist leader coming to power 
instantly tries to destroy the church, arrests and has pastors, priests, men of the cloth or women of the cloth put to death. They do this because Marxism is inconsistent with Christianity. Marxism is inconsistent with freedom of religion and freedom of speech. You literally cannot have both at the same time. It's why Ceausescu in Romania, along with many others, when they come to power, communists come to power, they kill pastors and priests, and they try to destroy the church. Physically, still today in, in China, church is being knocked down uh, by the Chinese communists. And so back to the call. The reason so many pastors sense the danger, even if they aren't you know, deep students of the uh, history of America and the history of Marxism and the, the meaning of, you know, America's First Amendment, they do sense that there's danger from today's American left. The American left is profoundly, deeply anti-Christian. And you can call it the Democrat Party, although the Democrat Party has been utterly overrun by the Marxist movement in this country. And this is why so many pastors would jump on a call to pray for President Trump, because they recognize the action being contemplated, arresting him for pretty much nothing, uh, and then the attempted indictment uh, that is now in somewhat limbo, we'll talk about that in the next segment, these people are responding to the gut instinct that says something really evil is lurking on the American left. And this guy, Trump, he stands up for the people. He stands up for America. He stands up for freedom of religion. He stands up for people of faith. That's why people like 3,000 pastors will get on this call to listen to a prayer call to support President Trump on the eve before it was supposed to be his arrest. So I have a little clips I've uh, selected and would ask, please, Mr. Actually, I think, I don't know who's doing my show today. Emilio, no, Emilio is today. Mr. Emilio, get on board if you would and play these first, um, the segments we have from this prayer call involving Clay Clark, uh, Pastor Lawmeyer, and eventually Donald Trump. Hey, everybody, I want to welcome you tonight to our national prayer call. This is Pastors for Trump. I am Pastor Jackson Lawmeyer, and oh my goodness, are we going to have an absolute blast tonight. We have some incredible guests that are going to be joining us this evening from General Michael Flynn to Roger Stone, Alveda King, so many others who will be joining us as well. But I do want to let you know we are going to be honored with the president Donald J. Trump is going to be joining us tonight here in about uh, 10 minutes. So before the president comes on, I need every single one of you right now to share this video. Maybe you're watching on Facebook. Maybe you're watching on Twitter or YouTube, whatever it is. Share, share, share. Do you? Can you hear us okay, General Flynn? I can hear you just fine. I listened to everything that Roger said, and I really appreciate you pulling this together, uh, Jackson. I know, uh, you know, the president may be coming on, so don't belabor it. I really do appreciate what what the purpose of this is, which is to really bring uh, prayer, bring faith, bring God back into this country. I mean, the people that we're that we are facing, the people that we're up against, these are godless people. Yeah. And we're talking about a a, uh, a really hardcore Marxist group of people that control damn near all levers of power in our country right clay welcome to the party and we are ready to introduce the president of the united states donald j trump is coming on live with us the 45th and going to be the 47th president of the united states of america president trump welcome to pastors for trump national prayer call for you how are you doing sir I'm doing well, Jackson. I appreciate it, and it's an honor to be with you. And 
I just heard our great General Flynn and my friend Roger Stone and the radical left did it. But they are doing great damage. They are doing tremendous damage to our country. Sir, we and can... if we keep going like this, we won't have a country anymore. Sir, we can hear you loud and clear. And Pastor Jackson Lawmeyer wanted to pray for you tonight. And we'd just like to ask you, is there anything specifically that we can be praying for for you as a, as a man and the uh, soon-to-be 47th President of the United States? How can we pray for you tonight, sir? Well, the best thing you can do for me is to pray for our country and the safety of our country because, as I just said, the, the danger that we're in now I think is greater than any danger we've ever had. We have no leader. We are not a respected country by these other very hostile countries, in some cases very hostile. And I think the greatest thing that I can ask for is a prayer for our country, for our safety, and we have to get through this period of time. This has been a horrible period of time for the United States of America. Uh, leadership has taken us in many, many bad directions, and uh, we're a failing nation. We're right now a failing nation. That might have gotten a little long for folks, but I want to make this point. What you heard was, you heard this pastor, uh, Lawmeyer in Oklahoma, you heard Clay Clark chiming in, asking President Trump, you know, what would you, how would you like to pray for us? Tell us how you'd like to pray for us tonight. I really thought his answer was rather noble. I had to cut it short because the call went on for a long time, but he's essentially saying in response to how can we pray for you, pray for America. Pray for this country. And, you know, this, I, I'll tell you folks, I understand these kind of segments, this kind of thing of a prayer call for President Trump, easily mocked by the left. The left will still mock, oh, all these Trump sycophants and praying for a guy who's whatever things they want to attribute to Trump. But I'm telling you, they're not, it's not personal about Trump. They do want Trump to be, win, I'm sure, uh, as he uh, become the 47th president of the United States. But they sense the danger of the left. In fact, one of the captions, one of the articles someone wrote about it was, Pastors for Trump organized prayer call, quote, The war against Trump is a war against Christianity. These people recognize how radical today's left is. They recognize how much the conduct of today's American left parallels the conduct of the rise of Marxism in other countries where those countries have gone on to actually lose their freedom, their freedom of speech and their freedom of religion and many other freedoms too. So you got 3,000 pastors around the country joining on the prayer call. And what they're really praying for is exactly what Trump said. They're praying for the future stability and security of America. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Okay, I call this segment um, Attorney Costello Ruins Manhattan DA's Day. So I'll tell you, right, we talked, of course, yesterday about this uh, Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, who received as a campaign contribution a million dollars from a directly George Soros-associated uh, affiliate. So he's getting money from Soros. And you have to understand, money in any form of politics, commitments and obligations follow. He cannot, Alvin Bragg cannot take a million dollars from Soros and then conduct himself in a manner consistent with the rule of law because Soros' entire agenda is to take down America, take down freedom, take down the Constitution, take down Christianity, take down capitalism. The entire agenda of George Soros is the international globalist communist agenda. And when he donates money, he means it. And so already, Alvin Bragg, Manhattan DA, has had seen a grotesque rise in crime as he puts in place all the Soros-supported uh, agenda items that essentially decriminalize crime, let people back out, uh, fail to prosecute. He made he Bragg made some statement not too long ago about you know the the uh, small percentage of people who should actually go to jail because most people really shouldn't. 
given and so crime is going so he's the one job you have as a da is to prosecute crime and he comes to office saying i'm here to stop prosecuting crime bad enough already what he's doing now this is the bidding of soros who sees trump as many leftists do they see donald trump as the boulder in the road to stop the progression of marxism rising in america because trump believes in freedom and america and freedom of speech etc so bragg goes after Trump, and he's going after him regarding an alleged payment uh, that allegedly went through Trump, through his lawyer, to a, a porn star um, who was demanding, a, a, you know, the story goes, demanding payment for, as hush money for not uh, disclosing whatever relationship she had with Trump. So the key witness, in fact, the only witness really um, as to whether or not that payment occurred, and that is the gist of the charge against Trump, uh, is through um, Trump's then lawyer, Michael Cohen, who is testifying. Uh, he's basically, Cohen's there testifying that, yeah, this is why I did this. This is why I made the payment uh, to this Stormy Daniels porn star. And so this is, you know, Alvin Bragg's case relies on that. that that's the whole thing. So what happened yesterday was another lawyer named uh, Costello, Robert Costello, testified in front of the same grand jury. Grand jury obviously has to listen to the evidence and make the decision whether or not uh, to, in, to uh, indict Trump. And so this Costello guy, what he testified was that he, Costello, used to represent Michael Cohen. So Costello, the lawyer, represented Cohen, the lawyer. And Costello is testifying to say that the uh, Trump lawyer, who is whose testimony is the entire basis for this uh, Alvin Bragg's attempt at an indictment and an arrest of Trump. So Costello says that Cohen, the lawyer, is essentially a big fat liar. I mean, that's what he's saying. In fact, uh, the only reason he can testify to this, because even the relationship between two lawyers can have attorney-client privilege, because Cohen was the client and Costello was the lawyer, but Costello said uh, Michael Cohen waived the privilege. And he already has done this in the past, waive the privilege, so he's allowed to testify. Costello can testify. And he's saying basically that Cohen said when asked, when they're trying to they're discussing Trump and what's happening with Trump, that Cohen said essentially, not verbatim, but this these basically these words, I have nothing. This is the guy whose testimony is now the basis for Alvin Bragg's attempted persecution or prosecution, but real really persecution of Trump. And so what Costello is saying is, Cohen already admitted to me. Cohen said, as to President Trump, I've got nothing. So if you are Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, and you've got to convince a jury, a grand jury, that this is your star witness, you can trust him, don't worry. You can trust this Michael Cohen um, because you know, his word is good as gold. And he's saying that this, is, you know, this conduct occurred, that's the basis of the charge. And now you have this other guy coming in saying, actually, uh, no, Cohen told me he has nothing. He's basically, he, Costello, saying Cohen's just a big fat liar. He's making this up to save his skin to try to avoid further jail time. And so it's really interesting. I will tell you that when uh, Donald Trump was saying over the weekend, there's going to be blockbuster testimony coming, this grand jury thing that's going to change everything. You know, if I was thinking through, what is it that could change everything? I mean, he could, many witnesses may be able to cast doubt in certain aspects of the case, but, you know, how, how is anyone going to cast doubt on Michael Cohen's testimony that he made this payment to the porn star, you know, for Trump? 
But this honestly, this really does put the grand jury and Alvin Bragg in a very, very hard position because this guy is saying, the only witness you have already told me this isn't true. He lied. Costello saying, Cohen lied. And so I wanted to, so Donald Trump, I guess, apparently knew this testimony was coming. So he put out a tweet. I'm going to ask Mr. Emilio to please put that up and I'll read it to you. It says, this is a President Trump's response to Robert Costello's testimony. It is being said that disbarred lawyer Michael Cohen was put out to dry today after his highly respected former attorney and legal advisor, Robert Costello, made a great impression not only on the DA's office, but the grand jury itself. He's known to be a great lawyer and a highly honorable man. He stated to the media that he could no longer listen to the lies that Cohen was spreading. He told the truth. With papers, documents, and backup, he left zero doubt. The DA will do the right thing. Okay, my only question on that is whether he thinks the DA will do the right thing. And I want to make this point about this DA. And this happens, and you know, is is not a problem exclusive to him. It happens whenever you take money, when you're in office and you take money from nefarious or, you know, in the case of George Soros, just clearly anti-American, evil, nefarious people like George Soros, you're stuck doing their bidding. I don't know what Alvin Bragg thinks he can do now that his star witness has been utterly decimated in the eyes of the grand jury, including one of the uh, final uh, grand jur jury witness um, spoke after the testimony saying Michael Cohen is far from solid evidence. And um, in fact, later afterwards, um, this Costello guy was interviewed and said, it was clear to me the Manhattan grand jury did not want to get, excuse me, the Manhattan grand jury did not want to get to the truth. So this is very interesting because <laughs> the grand jury actually is sworn. I mean, their job is to listen to the evidence presented by a prosecutor, and a prosecutor really kind of owns the grand jury. I mean, they can choose all the witnesses they want to bring. They can they can bring documents they have possession of. They, I mean, basically the grand jury in most uh, grand juries around the country, they're, they're very successful in bringing and in, in, in prosecutor successful in getting an indictment because it's like you're allowed to tell only your side of the story. When you're the prosecutor, you don't come into the grand jury and say, now on the other hand, you know, the defendant will say this and he's got this great witness. You don't have to do that. You're the prosecutor. Your entire job is to present only the evidence to the grand jury that you think will sway the grand jury. And you don't have any obligation to present to them what the defense will later say in trial. So this is why most grand juries uh, result in a an indictment of the defendant. But this is a really, really hard thing for this um, Alvin Bragg, because in addition to the fact that he kind of owes it to George Soros and the entire anti-American left who's funding him, but just think of the people around the country, the people who are just the cultivated, I'm sorry to use Lenin's term, it sounds very, very mean, but useful idiots. There are people in this country who've been worked into a lather of insane anger, not rooted in facts, not rooted in understanding anything about the law, but they have been looking for a reason to get Donald Trump. This is like a mass psychosis of our society that there has been, the people call it Trump derangement syndrome, whatever you want to call it. There has been a cultivated determination uh, on the part by the uh, propaganda media in our country, by the anti-American left, by the Democrat Party, to just, just 
feed and allow to seep into America's culture the whole notion that the entire purpose of our system should be to get Donald Trump. So if Alvin Bragg has to now say, actually, it turns out I don't have the information, I don't have the evidence, I don't know what's going on. I mean, he's got a hard time. He truly is going to have a hard time then not um, issuing the um, or not uh, asking for Donald Trump's arrest. Obviously, the grand jury can indict at whatever vote they make, they can indict. But that does not compel the Manhattan DA to then arrest Trump. He can take the indictment and think about it for a while, ponder what other evidence he might be able to find. Uh, many states have a, a deadline between after an indictment is issued by a grand jury, you know, how long uh, before that the prosecutor has to either arrest and begin the filing of charges or leave it alone. And I don't know what that will be. I don't know what it is in New York, but I think that, that this guy is really, he's really in a pickle uh, because he just got so excited about something we can get Donald Trump over. And he kind of lost track of the fact I have exactly one witness and that one witness is, you know, um, together a video just for my Facebook marketing himself. Okay. I'm sorry. That popped off of my, excuse me. I was trying to look something up. Um, Actually, I was trying to look a quick headline uh, Rantingly has up now. Daily Mail, Trump to be indicted Wednesday, no arraignment this week. Okay, so they're saying now it's tomorrow. I don't know what will happen, but to tie these two first stories together, I think that there is a profound recognition among the American people that what's happening to Trump is deeply wrong. I mean, the dedicated leftists who just can't wait to get Trump, they don't even know why, but they can't wait to get him. Uh, and then you have the pastors that we talked about in the first segment on that prayer call, thinking you know the left is out of control in this country. It is deeply down the, the path toward Marxism and the destruction of freedom, including freedom of religion. And these people uh, are getting on the prayer call to say, we've got to pray to defend this country. Um, and then you have what we're just talking about, uh, the Manhattan DA now in a bit of a pickle, putting off in at least um, four, um, you know, the belief is the indictment is going to be issued by the grand jury tomorrow. Um, I don't know about that. Um, but in any case, uh, they've now are in a, in a uh, position where if the grand jury votes to indict, they're going to say, yeah, we had two lawyers. One is a, an admitted perjurer and, uh, you know, a, uh, Cohen, I think, has been disbarred. I'm not sure, but I think Cohen's been disbarred. And other is a stellar lawyer who's got no reason in the world to lie, who said Cohen told him I have nothing on Trump. So there you go. But I want to uh, dedicate most of the show today to this next topic. I called it Trump's arrest. Um, versus Biden's corruption and where is the GOP? And I just want you to think about this. Just step back before I deep, uh, dive into the details. We now have evidence. I mean, the country now has evidence that the Biden family has been receiving millions of dollars from the top enemy of America in the world. China is dedicated to becoming the single world single superpower. They say so in their big um, national Congress meeting. They announced that uh, publicly in the, the big 2022 China's uh, national Congress meeting where they said they will be the, the world's single uh, superpower. They're directly threatening America's place in the world. Um, and they are engaging in a whole host of ways, which we've talked about in the show many times, in the takedown of America. So that enemy, China, has in its crosshairs, has in its apparent back pocket, the Biden family. Millions flowing to the Biden family. I mean, it, it is really hard to think of analogies. I think I said, I don't know, last week, maybe in the show sometime, I said how 
It'd be like if we learned during World War II that the Nazis or the Japanese or, or Hitler or, you know, I mean, someone truly, clearly an enemy of America was sending millions of dollars to FDR or to Eisenhower. I mean, just think about what the world, what a, a sane world, how we would have reacted. The sworn enemy of America is sending, secretly sending money, apparently through paths that weren't supposed to be obvious, and only because we have a determined committee in Congress, the House Oversight Committee, subpoenaing documents, getting a hold of documents, and sharing them with the world, do we now realize this? So this is among, I mean, if you look, I'm telling you back, and, and we look 100 years from now, they look back and say, what did Americans do when they realized their alleged president, he who occupies the White House, is utterly comprised, uh, comp uh, utterly um, under the control of, he's a controlled asset of, in the words of Sam Faddis, uh, he's, he's been bribed, he's been he's lining his pockets with CCP money, and he's in charge of American policy now as we face the danger our country has from China. So my questions are, where is the GOP? You would think when this kind of information came to the attention of the Republicans in Congress and it was shared on national media, you would think there'd be a host at least of the conservatives in Congress saying, this is intolerable. This is unacceptable. This guy cannot continue to serve in the White House. That's what you would think a loyal uh, Republican Party, loyal to the country, loyal to the Constitution would be saying. And we have become desensitized in this country in the same way, I know I say it all the time, but all the studies that showed when kids play video games and they are constantly killing and killing and splattering and blood flying everywhere, video games, you know, on just ga on, on game consoles, they become, studies show, desensitized to real violence. They don't get as upset about it. They, they're kind of used to it. We are so desensitized to the level of corruption inside the Democrat Party, especially in the Biden family, that we get this kind of news irrefutable. No one is saying, well, that money didn't really come to the Biden family. It came somewhere else. No one's saying that. But everyone appears in Washington to be sitting on their hands. And that this is happening at the same time, you have a, what would only be described as a lawless, you know, hell-bent on destroy Trump instead of do my job, Manhattan DA, going after Trump for the nothing. In fact, the thing he's going after Trump, I know I said it yesterday, but let me remind you again that the FEC looked into this exact same issue, exact same issue as to Trump. Uh, when, after he became president, and the FEC looked into it and said, there's nothing here to prosecute. That's what they, they said. And believe me, every federal agency in Washington is filled with people looking for reasons to take down Trump. It wasn't because the FEC liked Trump so well. They concluded, rightly, there's nothing to be done here. But that's what you have this Manhattan DA going after Trump for. And, you know, folks, you can decide. I mean, my listeners, I have listeners who, you know, they send me emails. They comment all the time. You know, they really, really like DeSantis. They like Nikki Haley. Um, they like Christy Noam. They like uh, Mike Pence. They have listeners who, I have listeners who like all the potential Republican contenders for president. You should care 
what this Manhattan DA is doing to Trump, even if you don't want him to run, even if you hope that somebody else wins a primary, because what's happening to Trump is much bigger than whether or not one DA can take down Trump. It is whether or not a rogue DA, someone who is using his office to engage in political persecution of the enemies of his political party. That's what this guy is doing. And you shouldn't want that to be okay in America for any for, for any cause, for either party, for any kind of DA to do. It's a, it is a, a turning the page in America on, and losing a bit of our commitment to, um, commitment to the rule of law. Very quickly say for our Brighty on Radio listeners, thank you so very much for listening to America Can We Talk. You're about to go off on a break at 30 minutes past the hour. It's a three-minute break. Don't go away. The show will still be here. Love, come back. Love to have you come back. Listen to the rest of the show. To tune in uh, live and watch the whole show or listen later, you can go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org, so radio listeners do come back. Okay, so back on this, I just want to juxtapose this, 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 what's happening today, like today the news in America. Trump, for a seven-year-old payment that the FEC said was fine, you have a Manhattan DA hoping to indict, and you have the lead and only witness the Manhattan DA has has been utterly compromised, utterly just destroyed, really, by by um, this witness who came on. And then you have uh, the the irrefutable proof, documentary proof, came to the hands of the Republicans from the Treasury Department and, and Bank of America, showing money funneling from the CCP to the Biden family and divided up among Biden family members. Now, to be really clear, um, they're trying to respond to this. Um, and there was actually a statement put out. Um, in fact, I didn't grab the clip, but Biden was asked about this. He's doddering off someplace. And once some reporter said, you know, uh, what about the money, uh, you know, CCP money uh, from China? And his answer was, um, it was something like, I, I don't know anything about that. Like he looked puzzled as he often does. But looked puzzled, but there is there was actually um, a, a an answer being given um, uh, by the Biden team, and I want to be sure and get it right. Family payments, Hunter Biden's busy. Oh, Trump said it wasn't true. That was the answer. That's not true. I mean, I don't know if he doesn't know, or he's forgotten since yesterday, or he never knew. I, I don't know what his story is. But there was a spokesman for Hunter Biden's legal team that said that all this money that was being that was flowed from the CCP the most corrupt, repressive, brutal government in the world that puts his own people to death, that puts people in, in, in prison camps and cultivates their organs and literally has slavery, that government can fund money in the millions of the Biden family. But Hunter Biden's legal team answer was, it's okay because it's seed money, good faith seed money. And so, you know, you had Gordon Chang, been on the show many times, China expert, responding to this, Hunter Biden's defense, and just saying, you know, nobody gives seed money for no reason. Even seed money is part of a contract. There are contractual obligations that you have to fulfill. I mean, companies in China, the CCP, does not just blandly or blithely write checks to everybody who happens to want some money, and just send it out through the mail or wire, whatever they do, and, and, and expect nothing in return. I mean, it's not an answer. It's a nice try, but not an answer. 
and I want to raise this. I, I'm harping on this. And I, I really am harping on this because I just, I'm going to tell you someday, people look back and say, well, what did you do about it? So let me get to the GOP. Rand Paul at least put a tweet out saying that the Manhattan DA going after Trump for nothing, Manhattan DA uh, should be in jail. That was, that was a good start. I received, because I get text message, uh, fundraising text messages, you probably do too, from, you know, everybody in the GOP. I'm getting Republican senators text messaging, hey, this is terrible. They're picking on uh, Trump. They're going to indict him. That's the, that's the politicization of the uh, legal system, and we can't stand for that. Send money to me, to the senator who's not speaking up publicly. Senators, really on both sides of the aisle, but certainly Republicans and members of Congress should be speaking up about this is, you know, a, a massive, massive problem that Biden, we now have proof, CCP money direct to the Biden family. At the same time, this clown DA is going after Trump for pretty much nothing. And now really with no case at all. I mean, he's going to say Michael Cohen, the previous perjurer and liar, whose own lawyer said he's lying. Yeah, that's the guy that you should, um, you should believe. Anyway, um, I want to run through all those kind of, you know, the equities to use the left term. I also want to mention something else that's really interesting that's happening. Uh, there are people who have been supporters of other of the Republican contenders for the presidency in 2024 who are now stepping back and looking at this situation and saying, this is so wrong. Why is the left so targeted on Trump? Why are they so targeted on Trump? And they, they if they have an ounce of you know legal a scintilla of legal ability to assess the situation, they know that this is absurd what the Manhattan, Manhattan DA is doing. I mean, they can figure out this is absurd. It's not really the reason they're going after what other reason is. And they start to realize that the left hates Trump because they know Trump, number one, will beat, if there were fair elections, will beat any Democrat candidate. That's the first reason. And the second reason is because Trump doesn't back down. He doesn't play the same games that many Republicans play. He continues standing up. And they see him as this boulder in the road to the leftist agenda to bring the Marxist, uh, you know, the entire Marxist system into America. So two things that really were interesting. Um, you know, it, this is the timing, of course. Many people are kind of questioning the timing. We get great news out of uh, Washington. If you want Biden's exp uh, corruption exposed, it's great news about proof of the Biden family corruption from the CCP. At the same time, all of a sudden, this Manhattan DA is ready to roll. I don't know if those two things are coordinated, but they might be. But I do know uh, something, two things that are very interesting. Um, number one, Trump is getting a boost in his polling numbers from this uh, attempted prosecution by Alvin Bragg. Because people see, I mean, the everyday American, you don't have to be a legal expert. You don't have to be a China expert. You can look at what this DA is doing and see it's pure political vitriolic hatred. It's, it's hate a guy who can, who can draw more crowds in one day than Biden has drawn his entire political career. And everyone on the left knows this. And so they're just livid, this guy, that the American people relate to Trump. So number one, his polling numbers are going up which is really fun. But the other really interesting thing that's happening as a result, so there's polling done, um, you know, and really most people recognize the two top contenders on the Republican side. Um, it's either probably going to be as our candidate on the Republican side, um, either Trump 
or Ron DeSantis. And so, you know, those are kind of the two lead ones and other ones are in. Maybe more will get in. Maybe Pence will get in. You know, um, Nikki Haley is in. Uh, you know, either our own governor in Texas is apparently thinking about it. Governor Abbott, I don't know if he's going to get in. But, the, you know, the two serious contenders will end up at being in the runoff, at least at this point in time, sitting here in March of 2023, you know, are Trump and DeSantis. And so the polling, and this is what's so funny about this, CNN did this polling, and it's just got to about kill him. Because number one, they had to report that Trump is, you know, his early primary lead, he, he's way ahead of, um, of Ron DeSantis, way ahead. And every poll is showing it, that of likely Republican voters, He's way ahead. Uh, Trump is way ahead of DeSantis. But the interesting thing that came out that I, and it just got to kill the left is the CNN's pointing out in their poll. If you took black and Hispanic Republican voters out of the poll. Trump and DeSantis would be equal. What is driving Trump's power or his you know, apparent superiority uh, in the uh, polling over DeSantis are black and Hispanic Republicans. I, I find that really entertaining. I will say, as I've said many times, ideas are either right or wrong. And to me, all this you know, targeting, I don't like when politicians target the women's vote and the black vote and the Hispanic vote and the Asian vote and the you know, hyphen hyphen vote. I think ideas are either right or wrong. And they're right or wrong, period, full stop. Slavery was always wrong. Slavery was always wrong. Segregation was always wrong. Many other things are always wrong. And people can see these things. And so the idea, to my, to my sense, if you have a rise in support uh, of Trump over DeSantis in black and Hispanic voters is not because there has been a massive, as the left always does, let's think of a new handout. Let's think of a new victim status to sell to you. The way the left pulls voters together they put voters in silos. Left always says, we have this for the women and this for the black voters and this for Hispanic voters and this for Jewish voters and this for um, Asian voters, whatever the other categories there are. The left puts people in silos and then they tell each of the groups why each of them are victims and why everybody else in America hates them, which is what the left forever does and then promises, vote for us, we'll give you more free things, we'll do things what you want us to do, but they buy your loyalty by making you feel like you are a victim. This is leftist, Marxist conduct, you know, 101. First year training on how to be a leftist is create silos and pit people against each other. So and it isn't working, at least with the, the segment of black and Hispanic voters who are getting behind Trump. And I, I love that because, because what Trump really stands for is what every patriot should stand for, which is the ideas of America, the ideas of freedom and free markets, the ideas of freedom of religion and freedom of speech. There are many more things I can hit in this topic, but I think that polling is not insignificant. I do realize, by the way, yes, I do realize that polls can be rigged, and I think the left, and maybe both sides do it. They just, you know, come up with polls day after day, and they have polls that are, they call them push polls, where they're really trying to push you in a certain direction. They have polls that are designed to shape opinion, not to measure opinion. I get that, but at least this polling as reported by CNN, which is asking people, you know, between uh, likely Republican voters, Trump and DeSantis, who do you like? So I think it's rather entertaining uh, that the difference is being made up by black and Hispanic voters. Okay, enough of that. All right. I want to tell you that this is a very, very serious topic. And again, 
back to this Marxist takedown of America. I think I call this Marxist mission, eliminate free speech. And I want to tell you about uh, the reason Marxists and leftists, communists, social, whatever you want to call them, a collectivist, the reason they cannot tolerate free speech is because if they had to tell people what they really stand for, what they really want to do to the country, what they want to do to people, they would lose. And they know this. And so they can't win in the battleground of ideas. They cannot. So instead of, of having ideas and, and instead of debating their ideas, they engage in bullying and lying the way left is always spewing out labels and, and calling people names. If you want to agree with them on border policy or xenophobe, if you want to agree with them on tax policy or a hater, whatever it is, the left just calls people names instead of engaging the substance of the debate on any issue. It's just, again, leftism 101. So what they, when they can, they shut down speech. They simply silence freedom of speech. It is what they do. So, you know, it's an interesting thing to think about what's happening right now. The Marxist agenda has, has very much been benefited in our country by the use of the social media companies shutting down speech. And that's interesting or, and, and it's worthy of comment because in many ways you don't see it. You, I mean, conservatives will say, hey, you know, before Elon Musk bought Twitter, you say, hey, Twitter's always shutting down my, my message. Twitter's not letting me, you know, post or Twitter's not, I guess no one agrees with me. But anyway, Twitter has been used by the left and controlled by the left up until Elon Musk took it over um, to censor speech. And so one thing is happening right now, which I simply love this um, U.S. House Committee on Weaponization of Government is looking into the role the FBI has played in many, many scandals and many, many issues um, where we didn't really see what they were doing. So we had the Twitter file release, uh, which is ongoing and is brilliant, um, actually revealed an FBI operation, an actual FBI, your tax dollars at work, FBI operation to monitor and censor social media content. And um, one, in fact, they did it so much at Twitter, the FBI controlling what Twitter puts out or takes down. You had a Twitter staff person at one point complain they are probing and pushing everywhere. And so, and then you had within Twitter's own ranks. I mean, you think Twitter is a bunch of, you know, new college graduates who get out of school and want to go work in social media and be cool or, or they're radical leftists and they want to work in Twitter and shut down. But listen, Twitter has within its ranks dozens of ex-FBI agents and executives. So not only does the FBI control what Twitter puts out while still being the FBI, but they're also lining the ranks of the FBI, uh, of, the, of Twitter, with their own former people. And then, you know, you think of the left under, under Biden, you have that disinformation board, disinformation governance board, where they tried to say that they were going to control free speech. I mean, it was so Orwellian, even they had to retract, say, okay, never mind, we're not creating that. We're not going to do that, even though they're still doing it. And so, according to reports, one uh, email in August of 2022 sent long lists of newspapers, tweets, or YouTube videos deemed to be voicing, listen to this, anti-Ukraine narratives. So they were even controlling what people talk about on Twitter about the Ukraine and the whole situation with Russia. And so this is one aspect of censorship. And again, you have to get in the mindset of the left. If you think 
You're the only one allowed to have opinions. You're the only one who you must be in charge. You have that tyrannical mindset that says we don't have a, a freedom of speech in this country and we don't have a, uh, you know, we the people choosing government, but we the leftists have decided on every issue what must be said, what cannot be said, and we're going to enforce it then they're not even bothered by this. I'm going to tell you, if you ask a few young people, what do you think about all that Twitter did? They, they very likely say, well, you know, you got to shut these stupid people up. You know, they're talking about the Ukraine and questioning our policy there. And of course we have to be in the Ukraine. I mean, they've convinced not only Twitter to do what they said and other social media outlets, but they've convinced young people and, you know, just ignorant young people that this is justified. This is kind of the higher idea of government is that we're just going to go ahead and, um, you know, and, and shut down conversation because we've decided policy on the Ukraine and policy on COVID and policy on the vaccines and what must be true about all of the other treatments that, that deal with COVID. And this is among the most dangerous attacks on the entire existence of America. If you're going to agree that government can do that, you're kind of conceding that we're just going to give free speech away to the left because they want to be in charge and they want to tell you what you can think about and what you can read and what you can say. This is this is utterly tyrannical as how the left thinks and segues along the next thing, the same topic, Ron, but there was actually a, um, a series of, um, uh, I don't know if there are FOIA requests um, or other ways in which People got access to the kind of information that talks about the U.S. government giving grants, like your tax dollars that work again, grants to various agencies to use AI, artificial intelligence, and ML, machine learning, so AI and ML together, being paid for, cultivated by the federal government, so they give money out to organizations, and those organizations in turn will be monitoring everything. So these organizations set up the, the tool is AI and ML, but they have you know artificial intelligence and machine learning as the tool, and these entities that got millions of dollars from the federal government are going to set in place programs that are going to monitor the entire social media world. They'll, they'll know, well, you know, little Susie Jackson here in um, Idaho, she's reading an awful lot about COVID that, you know, could be problematic. They know what you read, what you focus on. They will be, and so, I mean, the things they have, they end up uh, identifying in real time the origins, listen to this, the origins of supposed influence operations. So influence operation, you know, if you're a leftist, you think, well, these crazy doctors on the conservative side are trying to tell people that hydroxychloroquine might be really good to deal with COVID or inhale budesonide or whatever it is the treatment is being advocated. That can be seen as an influence operation if you're a leftist. So these federal grants go to companies that use AI and ML to monitor the origins of supposed influence operations so they can be everywhere all social media at all times. One company, such com company, uh, Peak Metrics, uh, the recipient of $1.5 million award from the federal government, tracks millions of news sites, blogs, global social platforms, podcasts, TV and radio, and email newsletters. So they're keeping track of people who don't agree with what the left has decided you must agree with. 
That's what they're doing. It's important to understand that. The left has decided truth and not truth. And so they're keeping track of everyone who dares to even think, read, share, argue over uh, positions that they believe that the left does not. Another company, um, Amelis, received more than a million dollars in taxpayer money. It calls data, as in gathers data, from the most influential newspapers, TV channels, government offices, militant groups, more access, more across a dozen social networks and messaging apps, thousands of websites, and thousands of RSS feeds. I could go on and on on reading these. And by the way, the article I'm uh, reading from today and everything I ever talk about on my show, you can read the articles yourself. I've always done this. I always will. If you go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org, at the website, on the home page, under shows, drop down list of links, you'll read any article I'm talking about. This one I'm reading from right now is from, um, or commenting from, it's from uh, the website, The Federalist. The article is called, Grants Reveal Federal Government's Horrific Plans to Censor All American Speech. I mean, this is, they used to use the term big brother, and that was kind of, I don't know, trendy a couple of decades ago. Big brother's watching. This is big brother watching your every move online. And let me tell you what happens to people. And the government becomes aware, well, you're kind of a, you know, you're paying an awful lot of attention to this uh, argument that we shouldn't be sending more money and military equipment to the Ukraine. So we don't like you saying that because we've decided we're going to pour everything we have into the Ukraine. So not only do we know who you are, you, you could be threatened by the government. You could be actually threatened by the government, but you certainly could also be one whose social media activity is tamped down and you don't see it. And, and people, you're putting things out, really brilliant insights, you know, with, with website uh, references and footnotes, and it's just not getting any traction on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you are, not getting any traction. All of this capacity of using AI and ML is designed ultimately to allow those who wish to control everything you think and everything the American people are discussing. And they are wishing to control that because they actually don't think you have the right to think for yourself. They actually don't think you have the right, that we, the American people, have the right to disagree to have that freedom of speech, to discuss issues, to debate whether or not there was election fraud in 2020, to debate whether or not COVID vaccines are dangerous, which I don't, I mean, obviously most people are somewhat tuned into the fact that the COVID vaccines were dangerous and approved too quickly and contain things that are dangerous. People are starting to get that. Um, but anyway, I want to, um, I wanted to talk about that because when I say on this show, and I say so often, we are watching the roll, the slow rolling Marxist takedown of America. It's not just that the FBI, who really ought to be more concerned about all of the people pouring in across America's southern border, which included recently uh, people on the most wanted list, terrorists, people who are Chinese nationals who may or may not mean us harm, but a lot of them probably do. That's what the FBI should be focused on and who's paying money to keep Black Lives Matter and, and Antifa ready to explode into violence at any time. Those kind of things that should be tracked. Instead, they're investing time and money and resources, the FBI is, 
into keeping track of who said something on Twitter and whether or not they said it's a permissible opinion. And if they didn't think it's a permissible opinion, add that person to the, well, you better watch him, better watch her list. This is how you lose freedom in America. But it's also a sign for those of you who think, well, you know, yeah, the Democrats are a little crazy in their spending and they're a little bit out of control. I don't know why Biden doesn't enforce the border. You've got to see all these different pieces pulled together into an agenda. Biden doesn't enforce the border because he doesn't want a border to exist. Because he doesn't believe in the unique and extraordinary idea of America and American sovereignty. He's okay with the kind of activities I'm describing, all the FBI's conduct in going after people. I don't mean just Biden to pick on him. I mean the people who are in charge of the anti-American left the Marxist left, which is certainly among its head people, former President Obama, certainly George Soros, certainly other in their inner circle of people who are slowly moving America down the path toward Marxism as Obama did in his eight years with his vice president who was Biden, who's now in office now, who is obviously mentally deficient and doesn't know what's going on. So Obama's still pulling the strings now under the Biden administration. And so these ideas, though, if you don't enforce the border, it's inexcusable. There's no answer. There's no good answer to why you don't enforce the border. There's no good answer why you should monitor the speech of Americans and monitor people who express opinions opposite of your opinion. And there's no good reason why the social media companies should be allowed to collude with the government and go along with their requests to shut down free speech. But when I talk about the danger in this country, it is in part everything that the left is doing, but it's also the fact that there are now millions of Americans afraid to speak up, reticent about, well, I don't really want to be seen as one of those people who would protest. Uh, I don't want to be treated like a January 6th prisoner was treated. I don't want to be thrown in jail in Washington for you know some unknown period of time because I now see what the government does if you dare challenge them. And so this is, it has the, you know, indirect impact of silencing speech and instilling fear in the hearts of, of people who just decide, as long as they're not coming after me, I'm going to just shut up. People, we cannot shut up. We cannot shut up on everything the left is doing to this country. We must be vitally and alive in our defense of America, in our, in our, defense of everything that America is and in, in pointing out how radically dangerous what the left is doing to America. I'm going to get to one last very quick topic about Thunberg, but I thought of another point I meant to make earlier. So um, as this apparent or, or imminent or, or potential arrest um, of Trump, now it's pushed off till tomorrow, supposedly, but you know they've been working in New York to uh, in Washington, D.C. to protect against the alleged a concern uh, about millions of people showing up in big violent protests. And so they've have, they put barriers up around uh, various places in Washington and New York. Uh, they have New York police ready for a possible protest. And I will tell you um, a couple of things about that. Number one, um, I did see some polling, even among Trump supporters saying they see this um, announcement and they see this preparation for uh, going, after, going after a supposed violent protest against Trump's arrest, they see it as a setup. They now see January 6th, the protest that happened January 6th, 2021, as a setup. 
They see how the left set it up and people who showed up to protest are now still sitting in jails in Washington. So many Trump supporters, and this is an example of both um, insight, insightfulness and yet repression. The Trump supporters are right. There very well may be a grotesque overreaction if there were to be a protest um, against Trump being arrested. And so many people are staying home. And so they're insightful to say, well, I don't want to end up like January 6th because many people actually thought the January 6th thing was an insurrection when it wasn't. And so they're more careful uh, and they're a little bit reticent to show up at the um, and, and protest this. So it's insightful, but it's also an example I was just talking about. It's more repression. It's more people realizing, oh, you're not allowed in this country. You're not allowed to protest um, anything involving Donald Trump. And if you do, you might get in trouble. That, that's exactly what people are thinking. And it is a terrible outrage that people do have that feeling. Okay, almost out of time. So for, quickly for our radio listeners, um, Come back um, every Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. The Greta Thunberg story in exactly 10 seconds. Greta Thunberg was awarded an honorary doctorate in theology from a university in Helsinki. So if you didn't think, I did say it correctly, theology. This is a girl who is not believed to have a high school degree. And she got an honorary doctorate from some school related to her alleged uh, you know, brilliance on theology because she's a climate change, completely uninformed, you know, irrational uh, child who's given, given a voice by the left. But this is, if you didn't think that um, climate change had become a religion, I guess University of Helsinki just proved you wrong. More on that tomorrow. I close every show by telling you every day why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our day today talking about Trump prayer call shutdown. Jackson Lawmeyer, Clay Clark organized prayer call on the eve of possible Trump arrest. 3,000 pastors on the call. First cutoff of call right as Trump is asked what he seeks prayer for. In the reconnected call, Trump asks, Trump calls for prayer for the safety and security of America. Takeaways, the times are very serious. 3,000 pastors willing to join the call. Pastor Jackson Lawmeyer, extremely devoted to his Christian faith and its role in America. Leftist resistance is always at its core about hatred of God and Christianity. Trump deflects attention from personal plight to the good of the country. This is a leader. Remember the Brits' prayers at the time of Dunkirk. Oh, I meant to talk about that, but I don't have time today. Prayers at the time of Dunkirk. Trust that prayer is answered and changes things for the better. Attorney Costello ruins Manhattan DA's day. Uh, Michael Cohen's testimony is foundational to DA Bragg's intended indictment of Trump. Former counsel to Michael Cohen, Bob Costello, disgusted by TV coverage of obvious lies being told by Cohen to the New York grand jury, stepped up to set the record straight, testified for two hours to the, to the New York grand jury yesterday. Cohen had previously waived attorney-client privilege, which allowed Costello to testify as to Cohen's many previous statements opposite to his statements to the grand jury. Responsible DAs do not build a felony indictment, or even a misdemeanor one, around the word of a proven liar. What will Bragg do now? Attorney Bob Costello deserves high praise. He doesn't care about politics. He cares that justice is based on the truth. Bragg is in a quandary. Soros paid him millions. Will he still indict? And Trump's arrest versus Biden's corruption, where is the GOP? Documentary evidence now establishes CCP payoffs, more than a million dollars, actually more than $3 million to the Biden family. 
unprecedented. The U.S. president appears to be on the take from America's number one enemy. Contrast weaponized leftist legal system to indict and arrest Trump by construing $100,000 plus private payment as a campaign finance violation, despite the FEC dismissal of this exact legal theory. Very few in the GOP have said anything about the legal abuse by D.A. Bragg and has yet to mount a serious and obvious case for impeachment and removal of Biden over the China deal. Goodness and decency of the American people dwarfs that of the nation's ruling political class. This situation cannot be sustained. Major unrest is growing. <clears throat> Excuse me. America needs a rebirth based on freedom and justice based on truth. And the Marxist mission is to eliminate free speech. Scope of government intent to censor and police speech is now exposed and documented. Twitter files show stunning and relentless pursuit of censorship, rooting out anti-Ukraine sentiments, suppressing reasons for vaccine hesitancy, extraordinary number of former FBI agents in senior roles as social media companies. Marxism cannot survive honest competition in the arena of ideas. This is why Marxism is always accompanied by suppression of free speech. Generations of Americans must relearn the absolute good that is freedom of speech. All parent people inherently value truth and resent and disapprove of lies. In an environment of free speech, lies will be destroyed. Truth survives and thrives. America's drift into acceptance of government big tech censorship must be reversed. And a Greta Thunberg honorary theology doctorate. So absurd. One of the greatest ironies and tells of the 21st century, climate change long ago ceased to have any connection to actual science. Orthodox doctrine, rigidly enforced, questioners of orthodoxy are heretics, expelled from the club, reputations destroyed, 50 plus catastrophic climate change predictions that fail to materialize are not allowed to be considered as evidence the orthodox doctrine is wrong. In other words, climate change has become a fundamentalist religion, not a science. Greta Thunberg is a 20-year-old poster child. She's 20 and didn't finish high school, we don't think, for climate change alarmism. Not clear she's finished high school. Not clear she knows anything but doctrine. Awarded honorary doctor of Doctorate of Theology from the University of Helsinki should be a Saturday Night Live joke, but it is reality in 2023. Time for the world to wake up. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Talk truth about America. Can you hear?